Check one, two. Hey. Here for the donuts. Episode four. Take one. The only one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to episode four of Here for the Donuts. We're super excited because this is our first uh, cupcake episode. Mm-hmm. We've had three donut episodes and we got to enjoy some really great cupcakes today. And today we're going to be talking about awkward appointment etiquette, which is very important to life. It's very important to succeeding in life to know how to make it through awkward appointments. So we're looking forward to talking to you guys about that. I'm Amina. And I'm Missy. And we are here Here for for the the donuts. donuts. But today, we're going to stay for the cupcakes. Oh, man, y'all. So today's episode is brought to you by, and when we say brought to you by, what we mean is we go to these places and eat their food. We are saying brought to you by because we hope one day that they're going to pay us to eat their food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we paid them cash money. Yeah, we paid them this time. But we're hoping over over time that Here for the Donuts will basically become a free way for us to eat carbohydrates is really why we're doing this. Yeah. So today we went to Sprinkles Cupcakes, which is the first cupcake bakery, what it says on their website. The first bakery that specialized in cupcakes. Wow. So they started in Los Angeles and now they have one here in Atlanta. So it's actually in front of uh, connect and connected to Lenox Mall. And they actually have a cupcake ATM so that you can get cupcakes there even when they're not open. We didn't do this. We didn't have to do this because mm-hmm. we went into the, the regular thing since it was open. But I kind of am curious to want to go back and see what yeah. it's like to go to a cupcake ATM. I feel like everyone should have that experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like one night if we're out really late, we should just go there. We should do that. Just to see what it's like. But I think today I was kind of concerned, like, do I have all the same choices that inside? That was my concern also. Versus mm-hmm. going to the ATM? Are they just as fresh? I was also hoping there would be samples inside. Ah, uh, right. There weren't. There That's were not. Okay. Yeah. Mm, but... We tried six donuts. Uh, just so you all know, we have to give a special shout out to our producer, DJ Obdiggy, who <laughs> sets up all of our recording equipment for us and makes sure all this stuff sounds good. So he typically is present with us when we go to the place that is bringing you this episode. So he went to Sprinkles with us. So our agreement between the three of us is we always order two things so in this case, we each ordered two cupcakes and we tried to order different ones. So which ones did you have? I had chocolate marshmallow. Mm, come through. And strawberry. Mm. I I had a what they're calling a black and white cupcake, which the cake itself was chocolate, but the frosting was, it looked like a mix of vanilla and chocolate. And then I had a key lime. And I think DJ Obdiggy ordered- Salty caramel. Salty caramel. And double chocolate. And double I chocolate. Think. Oh, I think you're yeah. right about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was your what was your experience from what you tasted today? First of all, 
this is not my first cupcake place to go to. Mm-hmm, come on. So I wasn't sure what to expect because I've been to a cupcake place before where they had basically two bases for their cupcakes. Like they just made a bunch of cupcakes and then changed the icing that they were putting on top. And if Sprinkles is doing that, they're doing it really well because it seemed like they put just as much thought into the cake part as they did the icing. And I really liked that. It was really moist. It was. And the strawberry one, the icing was really sweet, tasted like it had actual strawberries in it, which is a big deal. And But the cake part was not too sweet. So they went together really good. Almost gave you that strawberry shortcake-esque mm-hmm. yeah. kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The chocolate cake on all of these cupcakes was mm-hmm. fabulous. It was like a cross between chocolate cake and being almost brownie-like, mm-hmm. which went really well with all of the icings that were put on top of it. Yeah. It was delicious. The key lime, you know, Missy and I were talking about how in most sweet desserts, it's like chocolate always wins, mm-hmm. you know, the chocolate cake, the chocolate donut. But every now and then I do go through like a like a fruit sort of phase right there. Yeah, you know, we were now. talking about this earlier and I'm really big on like a tart fruit, like a lime or a lemon. I'm all into that. So that key lime cupcake, it was just. The key lime was spot on like when Starbucks used to do that lemon pound cake. Come on with the lemon pound Which I cake. Seen in a while. Why would they get rid of that? I don't know. That thing when was so good. When they switched over from not doing high fructose corn syrup, it disappeared oh, and it did not mm, come back. That might be why. <laughs> it was delicious. It was really good. Actually, I'll tell you what ruined that pound cake for me was when they started listing the calories. Oh man. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait a second. Why is this like eating a steak just because I'm having this piece yes. of cake? Like mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Oh, so sad. Never, never put the calorie counts. It's like, if I'm there eating a dessert, what? Right. Yeah. Let me eat. No. Don't do this to right. me. So we enjoyed sprinkles today, y'all. And periodically we are always here for the donuts, but we do stay for the cupcakes. So periodically mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are frequenting some cupcake locations. Mm -hmm. So uh, as always, if you all have any suggestions of donut places or cupcake places that you think we should visit, uh, definitely let us know because we we are here for uh, tasting all of these things. I don't know if this happens to you, but on my Facebook page, when someone, some Huffington Post or somebody puts out a list of all the best donut places, like four of my friends post it to my page. Yes. And I could get really snarky about that and be like, y'all are trying to tell me about some donut news. <laughs> but I'm afraid if I do that, I might miss something right. mm-hmm. sometime. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it. I don't mind if four people share the same link because that's love. That is sharing love. sharing love. That's yes. what they're doing. And, it, and it's them knowing what's important. Mm-hmm you mm-hmm. you know i i think i have posted a couple of times where people start getting in the comments like oh you should try such and such place and i'm like oh yes mm-hmm. yeah and there was one time that missy and i were in kansas city i think it was kansas city um, in somewhere. february and i talked about my whole mantra now of the no carb shaming and how i i get it we're all going to try to be healthy and some of us got to be gluten-free or dairy-free i i get that you know take care of yourself but eat a biscuit sometimes That's right. and don't feel guilty or ashamed when you eat it. So I was talking about this at a women's event and all these women afterwards were just stopping Missy and I like, 
well, you have to go to this donut place and you have to go here and eat the cupcakes mm-hmm. and you have to go here for the biscuits. And it is so interesting how just even bringing up that topic, I remember us leaving and you were like, people really want to share yes, this. They want to talk about us. it, mm-hmm. you know, and some of them, I think, wanted to be there mm-hmm. with us if they could. Mm-hmm. So it is also our hope in the future as we get more here for the donuts listeners that we can do some here for the donuts live events yes. in different places mm-hmm. and maybe get to meet some of you and eat carbs with you yeah. because that that is a way you show love. Maybe that's very Southern of us, but I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I just found out about a place. Where is that? In Prague. Oh. That makes like these flat donuts and then kind of they kind of like cover them in cinnamon and sugar so they're not sticky. And they roll them and use that like a waffle comb. Oh. And they put Nutella in the bottom so it doesn't get soggy. Mm. And then they put ice cream on top of that and you eat your ice cream out of it. Wow. So I don't think it's a southern thing. It is I just think a, it's a human wide. thing. Mm. And now we have a reason to go to Prague. Mm-hmm. We sure do. I'm not even sure where that is. I'm like, I don't know why. Mm. I, don't, I don't know where I, Prague is. I'm Maybe not. that's my confession for today. <laughs> I don't know where Prague is, but I want to go there for some ice cream inside of a donut. Confessions. I am constantly unsure of geography, but wherever Prague is, I'm pretty sure I would go there yeah. to eat food. I actually had a friend of mine, uh, my friend Lee. Hey, Lee. Uh, We were on the phone recently, and she was telling me about this gelato place that makes this dairy-free gelato that was, like, so delicious. And I had this thought come to my mind, like, well, I need to go there. I need to go to California and eat at this place. And I never thought I would become a person that wants to vacation based on what I could eat Mm -hmm. in that place. But that seems to be more what comes to my mind. Like, well, if I went to Chicago, I could have that pizza. And if yeah. I went to Italy, I could just like eat bread and drink wine and have like Italian food mm-hmm. the entire time. Like it's less and less like what other attractions do they have there? Getting old. <laughs> getting old. That's more and more called. like what growing can I up. eat there? It's growing up. Mm, that's what it is. Maturing. That's right. Mm, becoming more seasoned in life. Yes. It's more awesome. Do you have a someone needs a donut to share? I do. Someone needs a donut. Donut. I do have a someone needs a donut to share. I don't know. I guess I'm more compassionate than I thought I was. (laughs) Because it seems like I always have a someone needs a donut. Mm. I can immediately think of someone every time we record. It's your your generosity of wanting to share donuts with the world. Mm -hmm. I do want to share donuts with the world. And also if I'm giving someone else a donut, it means that I have a donut. Watch out. (laughs) That's what it's really about. It means I have more than one donut because if I have one donut, I'm not giving it We're not sharing because it doesn't make sense to have a donut. Right. Like you're not Mm going to cut it in half. That's weird. No. 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 Okay. So sometimes uh, I am a doula, which means I am emotionally and physically supporting a woman during her pregnancy and childbirth. It is not the same as midwifery. When I am in midwife capacity, I'm doing clinical things where we listen to the baby, we take blood pressure, we check the cervical dilation, that kind of thing. So doulas do not and should not do those things because that's not our job. So when I'm midwife capacity, I can kind of like, you know, come in, do my thing, 
go out, you know, somebody else is there. Sometimes I find myself calming a woman down or rubbing her back or things. I don't mind doing that. But when I'm, when I'm doula, I'm like all in, I am the person for this person. So I found myself at the hospital last weekend being doula for a woman who possibly could be the villainous in the next Minions movie. <laughs> like, she's not a villainous in the sense that you don't like her and you want her to die. Mm. She's very likable. Mm. But she is cut throat. And she kept telling me this, like, hoping I would understand. And she hired me because I have five children and she felt like I'd be able to yell at her. Uh, or anyone else that needed to be yelled at. Mm. Because she chose a place to have her baby where they act like they don't have no sense. Oh, no dear. sense. Oh, dear. Like, mm. sometimes I wonder if I'm the only person, when I'm at that hospital, if I'm the only person in the room that's ever seen a baby come out of a vagina before. <laughs> I'm seriously wondering if maybe they don't know what's about to happen. Because mm. that's how they act. Okay, so this woman... Like, she went to the hospital in these, like, five-inch heels. To go into, she was in She labor. was in labor. Mm-hmm. Wearing heels. They got, like, zippers and buckles on them. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. There was no swollen ankles, no complaining wow. about being fat, no nothing with this woman. It was, mm. I'm pregnant, a baby's going to come out, y'all better do what I say. Wow. Right. So I was really excited about this birth, like so happy to be there. And she's going to be a great mom. But when she was in labor, no one was going to do what she didn't want them to do. And unfortunately, we were at a teaching hospital. Oh. So there was people trying to come in the room and she didn't want them in the room. And she was already like, she had kicked a nurse out because she didn't like her smell. Oh. And uh, stuff like that. Mm. So people were getting kicked out of this room. And it was amazing. <laughs> so this boy walks in. Mm-mm. I, and he's got these papers. Like he was a boy. Really? Mm. He may not have ever seen a vagina before. Bless his heart. And that's okay. I'm not saying that all boys should have seen right, a vagina. Right, right. But if you're trying to be an OB. You do have to see some You vaginas. need to be comfortable with. Vaginas. You can't Mm -hmm. be nervous about it. Mm -hmm. So he had these papers in his hand and they were like all rolled up like a scroll. And he was kind of like rolling them one way and then twisting them the next, like real nervously. And he walks in the room and he's kind of like, hi, um, I'm a student. And um, and she looks at me and her lip curled. And she had like these piercing eyes like she was going to stab you with them. And she's giving me this look. Like, get this person out now. And she's having a contraction, which is just not the time to talk to a nope, woman. Even if you're supposed to be in the room, it you stay quiet. It's not the time at all. So he has chosen this time to walk into the room and start talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's trying to explain that he's a student and he needs to get some information from her. And she starts growling. Oh. She was literally growling oh. because she was having a contraction. Right. Somebody was talking to her. That's a time to growl when mm-hmm. you're having a contraction, I believe. Yeah. So he continued talking. Bless his heart. 
And I'm kind of looking at him, like, shaking my head, like, no, this is not your time. Mm-mm. And he was not getting any of the clues. So then she's basically making it known, like, why are these people coming in here talking to me and I'm trying to have a baby? Oh. Mm. She's looking at me because she can't bring herself to speak to this mm. child. And I'm like, uh, it's a teaching hospital. I don't want students in here. Ooh. And truly, she had said on her birth plan, only necessary personnel. Only essential people can be in the room. And her doctor had agreed to that. So I told him nicely, her, you know, her and her doctor talked about this. Only essential people, and I don't think you're essential. I'm sorry. Which was hard for me to do because I am a student. Right. And I appreciate that people let me mm-hmm. be there. But I'm also not a, a, a bumbling mm-hmm. boy, mm-hmm. you know, like walking in the room like that. So anyway, uh, he wouldn't leave. He continued, what? like, nervously twisting this paper and trying to tell well, us why he needed to like, get information. These are not just subtle cues now. This Mm-mm. is like... No, like, she's already shouted at him once. So then basically what happened was there was there was an F-bomb. Oh. And I can't say it on the recording. Right. But it came out like, get the out! Oh mm. And then he, like, turned and ran I felt so bad for oh, him. Dear, bless his heart. And I thought maybe if I had some donuts, mm, I could see. have been like, "You can't stay here, but go to the, your nurse's station and eat this donut." Yes, this. Mm. I think he went home, <laughs> and he may have possibly been crying. I'm not oh. sure. And maybe he dropped out of medical school, oh. which he probably should do. Yeah, if he can't handle this, I mean, yeah, that. Was a really great. It was very exciting. Someone needs a donut. It was moment. very exciting. That's that's pretty fantastic, I gotta say. I love being around women in labor because first of all, we could talk a lot about poop, <laughs> and it's and there's nothing like awkward about no. having the conversation mm-hmm. at that time. Birth is all the things you're not supposed to talk about. You talk about mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know. I might say to somebody, "Hey, if you start tweaking her nipples." Oh, dear. Her contractions might start back up. That is something that is completely mm-hmm. inappropriate mm-hmm. to say to a man and woman mm-hmm. outside of the birth room. Unless you're like in some type of adult entertainment industry. Oh, dear. So I get to say things like that. We talk about poop a lot. Mm. And it's okay to yell at people that are getting on your nerves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. If there's any time it's fine for you to yell, yeah. it would be that moment right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It's like unleashed. People get to be unleashed during birth, and I get to witness it. You know, now that you're it. bringing that up, it's kind of like, you know, I think we talked about on a previous episode um, the idea that for women, when your menstrual cycle, when you're on your period, mm-hmm. that yeah. like, that is a time for a lot of us as women where you just, your filter, your tolerance for things, you know, you just, your level of agitation, you lose a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm going to try to be Miss mm-hmm. Nice Girl now. Like that's your moment of like, I'm not going to be Miss Nice Girl. I'm just going to tell you what I think mm-hmm. about this like stupid stuff you just said, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that it feels like, you know, God has given us this. He has mm-hmm. given us this moment right here of some of the ways our hormones work to be like, Sometimes you just need to say some stuff. Yeah. And maybe you didn't say it two weeks ago. 
But this week, mm-hmm. with these cramps right here mm-hmm. and this bloated situation, now, now you're going to say this stuff. Yeah. So to think that for some women, they will have that experience times 100 in a moment of labor mm-hmm. to be like, well, I thought I had experienced this on a monthly <laughs> level sometimes, but now. I'm telling you, this woman lives it wow. on that level. Wow. She lives it on that level. It is not reserved for monthly times mm. it is all the time, which I found really refreshing because I didn't have to worry about like, does she like me? Is she okay with what I'm doing? Not once did I ever have to wonder about that. You just knew what was up all the time. I liked it. Mm. Well, I wish you could have given that young man that donut to mm-hmm. just help his little heart. He would have had something else to do with his hands besides uh, <laughs> ring that paper annoyingly, you know? Maybe you, you would have brought a few donuts. Mm-hmm. He could have taken some time to choose which flavor he liked. Yeah. That would have been way better yes. than all the extended time mm-hmm. he stood in the room with a yelling woman who is in labor. Mm. Well, we also want to add something we haven't done yet, but since this is our first cupcake episode, we want to add, not only do we want to do Someone Needs a Donut, but we also want to have a cupcake award. Cupcake award, cupcake award. Cupcake award. Cupcake award. Cupcake award. Cupcake award. And if you've been following our episodes, Here for the Donuts is you being there for people through everyday things. And some of those everyday things are awesome. And some of those everyday things are hard, you know, but you're here, you're here for the donuts with people. But you also want to stay around for the cupcakes. And the cupcakes are these moments of celebration, these big moments of joy that happen to all of us. So we want to do periodically a cupcake award. And our cupcake award today goes to my friends, Dustin and Genevieve, who have released an album of parody songs called Average Anthems. So you should go to iTunes after you listen to this and totally buy this record because not only is it hilarious, but the music is so good. Like, it's like you could dance to it. You could sing to it. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I've been listening to it all week. My children are singing the lyrics. Yes. Yes. That catches me off guard a little bit. We want to give them the Cupcake Award because as a part of their album and also on their YouTube channel, they have released a video called Donut Drunk, mm-hmm. which is a parody of the song Pillow Talk. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. They There's so many donuts in that video. It just... Even if like I was just watching it and I didn't hear the music, mm-hmm. I was just like, <gasps> yeah, I mean, and for us living here in Atlanta, it's like they went to the Krispy Kreme for the hot donuts uh-huh. now sign. And oh, it was like so great. There was all the donuts things. But then when you actually listen to the words, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. I feel this way. Donuts do deserve a song. We feel that donuts deserve a podcast. Yeah, which is why yes, we do. We're recording this. Yeah. So we want to give our cupcake award this week to Dustin and Genevieve for their awesome song, Donut Drunk. And we hope mm-hmm. you will check it out on YouTube and also on their album, Average Anthems. Cupcake award. Cupcake award. Cupcake award. Cupcake award. Cupcake award. Today, we're going to be talking about Awkward appointment etiquette, which really goes a couple of ways. In part, some appointments are awkward and 
what is the etiquette for that? Mm -hmm. And sometimes appointment etiquette itself is awkward, whether or not the appointment itself Mm -hmm. is awkward. And I also want to say, I feel like the older I get, the more appointments I have. And as a child, it felt like it felt like appointments was like carrying a purse. Like I looked at my mom and my grandmother and I was like, oh, I want to grow up, you know, mm-hmm. I want to carry Well, my grandma called them pocketbooks. Of course. You know? Yeah. So I was like, man, I want to grow up. I want to carry the pocketbook that has the Werther's and the Starlight Mints <laughs> in it. Like that was all I knew a purse was good for. Right. It's like Werther's, Starlight Mints, and there's like some random tissue in there uh-huh. sometimes. And a pen. And a pen. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's like all I knew. But I was like, I want one of those. I want to carry mm-hmm. that stuff. And I feel like I thought of appointments the same way. It's like you hear adults all the time, like, well, I can't go to that. I have such and such appointment. And you're like, I feel like that's where I take my briefcase. Right. I yeah. know what's in my briefcase. I had a briefcase one time. Really? I didn't have anything to put in it. Yeah. It's like, I think that's from us, like, being born in the early 80s. It's like briefcases were such a thing. That was like yeah. your official. When I got a real job. Yes. I got a briefcase. The problem was my job was making copies. <laughs> nah. <laughs> So what do I put in my briefcase? Oh, dear. Paper? It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. A calculator. I was watching um, the movie The Intern recently mm-hmm. with um, Robert De Niro. Is it Anne Hathaway? I hope that's her name. Anyway, so he's like, they had an intern program where they were hiring senior citizens in the movie. So Robert De Niro gets hired at this like tech company. But he's like old school, you know, worked for a paper company all these years, whatever. And so that's what he brings to work the first day is like his briefcase and like all the other like young interns are like taking out their, you know, iPhones and taking out their MacBooks. And he's got like the old school calculator that had the flip up Uh (laughs) on the back, you know, it's like all this stuff that no one needs now. It's like, that's what you put And your briefcase, Mm -hmm. and you take your briefcase to appointments. Like, that's obviously Mm -hmm. what's important. But, of course, now that we are actually adults, you're like, oh, crap, these appointments. Yo, like, this is taking up a lot of my time. And some of the exchanges that happen at said appointments get kind of awkward. Mm -hmm. So we just want to talk about how does one navigate the world of appointments and adulting minus... Your briefcase, because, you know, there's nothing in it. Mm-mm. What do you do? No. So one of the appointments that Missy told me she has to go to as just adult and also mama of five children, you have dental appointments. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't have any kids and I hate a dental appointment. I know it's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's necessary, but I hate it. I, I hate it. And it's just me going. But what is it like for you, you're going as an adult, but you also have five little people that you have to get there. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that like? It is like an ultimate level of adulting, taking kids to the dentist. Oh, wow. Because it's adulting to take yourself. Like, you know, you're a grown up when you regularly go every six months for your cleaning. And another grown up tries to tell you how to brush your teeth. <laughs> Like every time. I never thought about it like that, actually. And then they want to ask how often you floss. Mm. And when I tell you, I look them deep into the windows of their Yes, soul. deep into their eye sockets. Come on, Key and Peel. And I say, 
Y'all just gonna have to look that up. Yeah, on, you gotta look you that gotta up. Look it we up can't, on YouTube. Mm, can't help can't you say there. It. Nope, but it's just amazing. Just look up Key and Peel, and I said. Yep, and it's gonna. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I look them deep into their eyes, mm-hmm. and I say, "I do not floss." <laughs> And we have this whole exchange every time. And I go to the same dentist. Like, I'm very loyal to my dentist. Come on with the loyalty, because we're going to have to talk about that, Mm -hmm. how that works with these appointments, Mm -hmm. okay? I mean, if you don't do good on the first one, I'm not coming back. No. But if you do a good job, I'll keep coming back. Mm -hmm. And I will willingly work through some of these things. Like, maybe for a couple years, I got to keep explaining to you why I don't floss. Because it hurts. (laughs) And it makes my gums bleed. And then they tell me, well, if you did it more often, it wouldn't hurt. And it wouldn't make your gums bleed. Because then they go around with this little sharp thing and they poke your gums with it. And they'd be like, your gums are bleeding. Man. I'm like, you just poked it. And and they're calling out all these numbers to each other. Yes. And I don't know what the numbers mean. It's like you're poking me with this metal stick. I know what the numbers stick, mean. And you're like, 24, 36. Mm-hmm. 10 in the pocket. I'm like, are we playing pool mm-hmm. or what's going on They're with my mouth? They're your teeth to, there's different levels of the, if you have pockets around your teeth, mm-hmm. that's bad. Oh. They want your gums to be pink and adhered to the teeth. Mm. So then they grade the pocket around your teeth based on how far they can get this sharp instrument into it. Is there not a better way to do this? And the big numbers are what number tooth it is. Oh. And the little number is the like less than itself. 10 is like how big the pocket is. Oh. And then for a long time, they've been telling me about my wisdom teeth. And I like having all my teeth <laughs> in my I'm mouth. So, tired. <laughs> so it bothers me that you keep wanting, instead of fixing it, you want to just pull it out just because it's a wisdom tooth. Like, I don't understand. Why are they, they don't impacted? Fix them. Have they grown in? Like, what are they telling no, you? No, I have plenty of room in my mouth. Oh, my I'm, wisdom I'm teeth. This, I love my wisdom teeth. I, they had some cavities <laughs> and they wouldn't fix them. They're like, no, I just need to pull them. I'm like, well, you wouldn't say that about any other tooth. <laughs> and now, and then it got to the point where the cavities were so bad, they were like, we can't fix it. <laughs> you have to pull them out. And I'm like, but it doesn't even hurt. And then they banged on it with a metal thing and they were like, does that hurt? <laughs> Well, you're banging on my mouth with yeah. a metal mallet. Like, yeah. Clearly. How often am I chewing on metal? Oh, tired. So then I, then I saw the old, old, like, grandpa, because it's a family practice mm-hmm. I go to. And he was so awesome. He was like, that's just staining on your teeth. They're just, they've been in there for a long time. You're fine. You can keep them. Keep them until they bother you. Why, why does it seem like older dentists and doctors have, they seem to have more of a open-handed approach mm-hmm. they seem to not be like this is how it has to be because the older you this are, is the only treatment you and like a lot. they just seem to be like ah, yeah you don't really need that that's you'll be all yeah, right sure. you're gonna live Keep you'll be teeth. fine yeah so i don't know if he died oh. i don't know what happened but i haven't seen him in like a year and a half oh my goodness and he's been replaced with someone who is definitely not a family member because all these dentists are like indian Oh, okay. She is not Indian. Okay. And she is very enthusiastic. Oh, bless her heart. And she really wants to take these teeth out of my mouth. Is that like, is her enthusiasm like the plus or the minus? Because some people are enthusiastic and you like go in, they're, they're, they're your service provider. You go in and you're like, oh, you're enthusiastic. Like, mm-hmm. 
it kind of makes me like sometimes if I like when I went to the gym because I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but when I went to the gym, there'd be some people that work there that I'd be like, oh, you make me want to do Zumba. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I would like do that. But then some people's enthusiasm is kind of like, you make me want to just, I don't know. like It doesn't make me want to leave or not come back. I feel like she's trying to do a really good job, so I stay for that reason. Mm. But I will tell you, my favorite Zumba instructor is the least enthusiastic. <laughs> like, sometimes she will straight up be like, I'm not going to squat, but I want y'all to squat. <laughs> like, when I do this, I mean squat, but mm. I'm not squatting. Mm. Come on. Because you, you know, she already taught a Zumba class earlier today. Yeah. Her. And this is your first, this is your first class today. Mm-hmm. She doesn't yeah. need to. Right. Yeah. So mm. enthusiasm doesn't do a lot for me. I don't need enthusiasm. I guess I bring enough of my own. <laughs> I am enthusiastic. <laughs> I don't need your enthusiasm. No. And so anyway, so then here's the thing. When you take your children is adulting to the max because now not only is another grown-up telling you as a grown-ass woman how to brush and floss your teeth, mm-hmm. they are telling you how you should brush and floss your children's teeth. At which point, I look them deep in their eye sockets. In their eye sockets. And I say, I don't brush my children's teeth. <laughs> Them babies are going to stay alive. Them <laughs> babies are going to learn. Those babies are going to get an education. I can't concern myself <laughs> with these teeth. I'm like, do you know there are five of them? Mm. If I brushed and flossed everybody's teeth twice a day like they want me to, that's like two hours of my day. Oh, gosh. Sanity. Brushing and flossing. Because by the time you convince a four-year-old to let you brush their teeth, You've done taking up 10 minutes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. A friend of mine explained to me this similar thing. She has two kids. And she was like, I don't bathe my children every night. No, man. She was like, sometimes days go by. It's and not I even good for them to children. take a bath every night. She was like, if they've been outside and gotten all in a bunch of mud or something, she was like, it's bath time. She's like, but if I gave these two people a bath every night, like, no. Mm-mm. Like, it's like almost for her sanity, just like for her to have a space to do something else. You mm-hmm. don't need a bath Mm-mm. every night. My children come up and ask me for a bath. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I've taught them something. You have recognized your ripeness. You're dirty. Mm-hmm. And you need to be, you need mm-hmm. to bathe yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Self-sufficiency. I teach them how to turn the water on. Mm-hmm. I recommend a little bit of liquid soap in the water because then if they don't do the job really great, they've still gotten washed with soapy water Mm -hmm. at least Mm -hmm. while they were playing in there. So this is also kind of my philosophy. I provide them with toothbrushes. I don't know where they go. (laughs) I provide them with toothpaste. Sometimes I wipe it off the mirror. I don't know how that happened. I don't go, I don't even go in there when they're brushing their teeth. I tell them to brush their teeth and I think they're doing it. And the dentist takes care of the rest because, like, my eight-year-old has, like, six cavities. I see. So, and for the record, it makes it sound like he has cavities because I don't brush his teeth. But I, out of my five, most of them have never, ever, ever had a cavity. Mm-hmm. We don't use fluoride toothpaste. We don't floss. We don't use mouthwash. I don't know. I think some people just get cavities. Right. 
it's just how you how your mineral makeup i don't know what's going on in your body but some of your minerals are lacking i don't know some people just get cavities so he has like but some of them are in baby teeth which i was like no we're not, not doing that. Those be teeth concerned. are about to fall out i'm not stupid yeah <laughs> but he's got these two other ones but they're not they're not like his teeth don't hurt they're like tiny you know kind of thing so the dentist i don't know what she said cuz also, I don't go back there with them for the whole thing. We'll get into that later. Okay. But he has been brushing his teeth like a boss. Come like on. Like three times a day. Come on and brush your teeth three times a day. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I don't have to do anything about that. He is eight years old. I think that is a fine time to learn to brush your teeth. Because most of your teeth are still falling out. Those are facts. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about it at all. You just take him to the dentist. That's the dentist's job. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm going to teach him how to treat his mama, mm-hmm. how to treat his sisters mm-hmm. and his brother, how to tie his shoes, mm-hmm. tell the truth. Mm-hmm. The dentist will handle the hygiene, Come the on. dental hygiene. I just can't do that. Mm-hmm. So the logistics of taking five children to the dentist, because now all of them are old enough, they all need cleanings every six months. You know, you don't have to start doing that until they're like four. But they are all of them every six months. So... The thing is, no dentist office wants to schedule them all at the same time because now I've taken up their entire morning, and if somebody gets a cold, I have to cancel all five appointments for the morning. But I refuse to come multiple times. I don't want to do that. If I I would be coming like five, ten times a year. No. Plus, when I go for myself, that's 12 times a year. year. No. That's like once a month. Mm Mm-mm. That's nuts. I'm Mm-mm. not doing that. Mm-mm. So I insist. And I've never missed an appointment. So they let me do it. But this last time, I think that whoever was also scheduling appointments didn't notice that the first five appointments of the day all had the same last name. Oh. Because they had other people they were trying to work in between appointments, which means that we sat in the waiting room for an hour. Uh-oh. And there's only so much you can do with foam alphabet puzzles on the floor and a video teaching you how to floss. No. And a fish tank. Mm-mm. So, I made sure that they were clear on next time. We are the only appointments. (laughs) Never in my life. Never in my life. Life? (laughs) Unacceptable that you made me wait an hour. Unacceptable. Let me talk to the manager. Who's the manager here? (laughs) I need to speak to the manager right now. Oh, my gosh. And then, so what I do is I let the older kids go back first. So I stay in the waiting room with the little kids, Mm -hmm. the littler ones. Because they usually take them back, like, there'll be, like, two of them going at a time. And then once you get back there, there's another waiting room that has, it's really tiny. It's like a nook with toys in it. So we can kind of survive there for a while, but I got to play it right. To bide my time in the big waiting room before we go back there. So then eventually... One or two kids are done, and three of them are being rotated around between x-rays and everything. And I'm just kind of like, and the dentist is running back and forth. And then coming to me in the hallway and saying, so um, your son told me that he brushes his own teeth. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I just want to make sure that this is how it's going. So I told him how to do it. I'm like, great. I bet he'll do it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to watch. <laughs> But sure he will. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. It's amazing. So, you know, it takes a couple hours if they don't schedule us right. But it's worth it to not go 12 times a year. No, that's facts on facts. I, I can definitely understand that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, you have brought up a great point about being an adult and having another adult tell you how to do what should be this very simple task. Like, mm-hmm. I'd never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? There have been some times I wasn't a dentist like, why are you talking to me like that, girl? <laughs> like one time I was in there getting a cleaning done. I think this was the dental hygienist. And I feel in general with service providers, I don't know if they learn this in school or whatever to like use the question method instead of making statements. Because I get that. I do feel the question method and communication is mm-hmm. is better to I'm start with. I'm learning that from you. But sometimes when you're with a service provider, it's like they're leading the witness with the question. It's not an actual like open-ended question. It's like you think that something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. And you were asking me the question with that sort of edge in your voice. So, you know, she does the usual like, what about your flossing? And I was like, ah, what, once a day? You know, like that weird, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes. And then she's like, what kind of toothbrush? So I'm like, oh, yeah, I use, I don't remember what it was. It was one of those that's like motorized and does Mm. mean and little things. I'm all like, whatever y'all gave me last time I was here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've been using. Because for some reason, I'm thinking maybe the commercials are right. The little cartoon part Mm -hmm. where it says the little moving toothbrush is like blowing away your plaque particles or whatever. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I used the such and such, you know, and I'm feeling kind of dignified. Like, you're asking me the question, girl, and I'm telling you I'm using this stuff. And she was like, oh, that's for kids. What you say, girl? What you say? So first of all, I feel that people that are doing dental work, they're taking advantage of the fact that they doing things inside your mouth when they say ignorant stuff to mm. you. <laughs> because they know that you can't really shut your mouth and be like, right. what you say, girl? Yeah. What you, it, you don't buy this toothbrush in the kids section, honey. You don't think I know the difference between, I go to the target <laughs> aisle. I go to the aisle where the toothbrush is. I know the difference between the frozen toothbrush and what I'm using. Right? Mine doesn't have any it cartoon characters, obvious. girl. Yeah. Like what? Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm having all these thoughts, but she's all in my mouth. I can't really say. Mm. She knows this. So then she's like, well, what you need is, and she named some brand that their dental practice is selling there. Like one of those like $300, $500 toothbrushes that you are you sit it on the charger at night and the particles are made of unicorn hair or whatever. I don't know <laughs> what they're doing. And she's like, you need to really get one of these. And of course, I can't say anything, but I'm thinking to myself, why are you upselling me, girl? And why did you just denigrate my toothbrush like this? My toothbrush doesn't need this. My toothbrush is very adult. It is very adult. adult toothbrush. Yes. This is not for children. It would be too big for a child's tooth. Mm -hmm. You haven't even seen it. Do you use that toothbrush, girl? Mm -hmm. Did you get a discount when you Mm -hmm. bought it? are you upselling me? And why are you upselling me when I can't answer for myself? Don't wait and tell me stuff that you know is going to give me an attitude when you got all kind of stuff in my mouth. Mm-hmm. You got the little brackets with my mouth open while you Sometimes choo, they choo, ask choo. you a question that they want an answer to and you're like, I, I can't, can't answer, answer you. you. Ugh, frustrations. I need, I need y'all to work on this. 
need y'all to work on this. But I will say as a plus, I do like that technologies are increasing in mm-hmm. men's office. Yes. Because I've been able to watch a lot of HGTV yeah. when I've been recently. Mm-hmm. They have the little flat screen TV yes, in there. Do. And they were like, here's the remote control. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is very nice. Especially when I haven't been in a long time and they're going to have to be in my mouth a long time. Right. That is way better than having awkward conversation that I really can't respond to. Mm-hmm. So I, I do appreciate y'all adding the TVs yeah. and me getting the choice. Because sometimes I get in there used to be when they first started adding TVs, you didn't have any control over it. So then it might be something on TV that I'm like, I... Or a video about how to brush your teeth. I'm like, I would like to watch Flip This House. Right. (laughs) You're brushing my teeth right now. I don't need a video about how to brush my teeth. You're doing it. That's what I'm here for. Makes me tired. Fix it. Okay, let's talk about awkward doctor appointments. I specifically am just going to go ahead and throw out the OBGYN appointments. That is one of the most awkward. If you're listening, fellas, you don't you don't know. You don't get to have this experience because you don't really have body parts for the most part that have to be entered in order to be examined. Mm. But for the ladies, the OB appointments, the OBGYN, that's just I'm still like. Because I understand when the field of obstetrics and gynecology was first around that there were not women doctors. Mm -hmm. All the doctors were men. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the methods of treating the vagina, there were people deciding that that didn't have vaginas. So they didn't understand, Mm -hmm. you know, levels of comfort or discomfort. Right. But we have come some way from that. There are a lot of women that are doctors now. And I'm like, we still haven't found better ways to do this than the way I am having to experience this. Like, there was nothing pleasant about this. Mm-hmm. There was nothing anyone wants. My husband actually came to one appointment with me. And unfortunately, the one chair that they had that you can sit, you know, inside the room, the mm-hmm. exam room, was at the end oh, no. of the table. He almost fainted. He almost fainted, just like. Looking at and and he's seeing a view that I've never seen of right. whatever these yeah. meta these apparat I whatever that stuff is I just well you know I have things to say about this <sighs> please because we had to study all of this in midwife school mm-hmm. we had to study this so it came about as the reason why we go to these appointments. And men do not is like you were saying, they were all male doctors and it was mostly uh, curiosity about what is going on in there. What is going on? So during that time when they were burning the midwives and calling them witches or shutting them down, making them seem like crazy people, whatever, and the field of obstetrics came around It was mainly curiosity. Like if you look at the tools that they used, like they were accidentally like pulling babies' heads off their bodies. Oh, dear. They just didn't understand like how how a baby comes out. If you look at the pictures of what they thought might be going on inside, like crazy, crazy things until they started doing like autopsies on people. And then they were like, oh, that's that's how we're messing up. Mm -hmm. Right. And then but then they go from doing the autopsy to delivering a baby and then the mom would die 
mm. of diseases that they brought from that dead body they were just touching because oh. they were washing their hands in between. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. It's been it's been a long history of messing things up. And oh. I'm not saying that every obstetrician is bad. I've right. met some really right. nice obstetricians. Mm-hmm. They're really good for if you have a medical condition in your lady parts that you need a doctor for, you go there. But the reason why those tools are like that is because they were more like it's, I'm curious. Wow. I see what's inside. What is inside? And you can actually get your own kit to check yourself out. What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. So on the internet, comes with a speculum, a plastic one that doesn't feel like terrible. And oh cold. my gosh, please. And a mirror and a light. Wow. Yes. There is whole, I think it's called lovemycervix.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's something like that. You can buy the kit. I love this. And people have shared pictures. Throughout, like, maybe somebody was like, this is a picture of what my cervix did when I was pregnant with my first baby. Wow. Or this is a picture. I have cystic fibrosis. No. Polycystic ovarian Mm, syndrome. mm -hmm. And here is what my cervix looked like for six months while I was doing treatment for that. And it's really amazing. There's, like, this whole gallery of pictures where you can go and you can look at and kind of identify with what's happening in your body. Huh. And um, I, one of the midwives that I work with um, is much older than me. And she has a lot of really interesting stories because she was kind of like coming up in the 70s. um, And before there was like, you know, really in the 60s and 70s, there was, we were starting to feel liberated about our bodies, but not quite there yet. So you were still kind of doing what you were told and not asking questions. So she was on a form of birth control that made um, her cervix get kind of like red and sore. Uh. And her, her OB kept cauterizing it. Ooh, wait. But not telling her why. Wait a minute. And she let this keep happening. Oh, dear. She did, it never occurred to her that she could ask why. Why are you doing that? It hurts. Why? What's going on? Oh, dear. You know, because we always have these conversations. Like, to me, I don't know what my parents did in my upbringing to give me such uh, authority mm-hmm. over my body. Mm-hmm. But I have always had, like, a very stated, like, no, <laughs> this is my body, and you can't do that. Right. Unless you're going to tell. I mean, really, my whole life, I really can't mm-hmm. think of a time when I haven't felt that way. And... um so she didn't, she, but she didn't grow up like that. So she had never r- really had this idea that she could say, what are you seeing in there? And why are you burning me? Oh my gosh. Basically every time I come here. And um, so finally, like he's leaving the room, like he's done this procedure and now he's leaving. And she's like, wait, no, wait, come back. What are, what are you doing? <laughs> why do you do that every time I come here? And he kind of told her, well, your birth control pill makes your cervix do this. And I don't know why. So I just cauterize it every time. No, it's not. You don't know why. So I just cauterize that. There should never be a sentence that has the Mm -hmm. so I just cauterize. Right. Yeah. There should never be that. I don't know why. So I'm just doing this to make it go away. Mm -mm. And she was able to say, I I don't want you to do that to my cervix. And um, 
I guess I'm going to stop taking this medication. Right. Because that would have been an option instead of being cauterized is just to not take this medication anymore. Yeah. So, and then she has this other story where one time um, she went to the OB and, um, you know, you, you have to put your feet up in the stirrups and they, there's the whole, the speculum in case you don't know, looks like, um, so comedy central used to have, (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of what the name of this show was. It, it was like a sci-fi. Oh gosh. The fact that it starts with this. Is just I can't remember the name of the show, but there were basically like two. I don't know if they were aliens or robots, but a movie would be playing and you could see their um, like profiles in front of this movie screen. <laughs> and they might be like saying what they think the people were talking about or making fun of the movie. It was hilarious. Yeah. So one of them kind of I think may have actually been a spectrum. <laughs> if not, it really like they put eyeballs on it. And made it like his mouth was talking. So that's what speculum is. It pries your lady parts open so that someone can peer inside out of curiosity. Oh, my gosh. That makes me tired. She's up like that. And at the foot of the bed was a window with a busy sidewalk. No. And she, when she's telling me the story, she said, you know, I didn't even know. Is that like a one-way window or two-way? Or she was like, I didn't. I didn't even know that I could be like, that makes me uncomfortable. Man. Can those people see in here? Man. You know, it was like she had to just like sit there and do it. And to me, that's just like, that blows my mind. Right. I would never do that. Right. So I don't go to the OB. I haven't been in like 18 years. (laughs) I mean, I am definitely more on the side of like, if I'm at the doctor, it's because that I, I've done everything else that I can mm-hmm. do. Like, I'm yeah. definitely more like on the holistic end of things. So I end up, which I just now, my last GYN appointment, I might have found a GYN that I'm like, I could see you, girl. Like, I could be here with you. But I feel like the other GYNs that I've had over the years have either spoken to me like I was an idiot or they've taken something that didn't have to be mm-hmm. and they've made it seem like this is what you must do and you must do it now mm-hmm. and you must do it today as if like whatever was happening like I was about to die like that instant which it wasn't that I was about to die it was just that that's what they had in their mind should have been the treatment there weren't even these thoughts of like well you have this that you could do, mm-hmm. or you have this that you could try, mm-hmm. or if you don't like that, you have this option. It wasn't that. It was like every GYN was like, this is the option I have for you. Mm-hmm. These are the things that you do, you know? And I think you and I, I were talking about this with Adrian, Adrian when we were in Austin, but I was just telling my friend Heather recently, I have to find the actual magazine where I read this, but it was talking about how they did a poll of doctors and how doctors are so much less likely to believe a woman than they are yeah. a man. Mm-hmm. They're less likely to believe us saying, I think this needs to be checked out. Or saying, I don't want that test. I believe that test you're asking for is unnecessary mm-hmm. and I don't want it. Right. But they are less likely to believe us because 
they're assuming whatever we're saying is coming out of us being emotional or irrational or whatever those stereotypical thoughts are about a woman. Mm -hmm. And then they pulled the doctors for what they thought about women racially. So they already are like most of us are walking into our, you know, primary physician, our OBGYN and proportionately women compared to men. They're just assuming whatever we say, like we don't know what we're talking about. On top of that, black women even more so, Mm -hmm. which made me feel so crazy. Like, oh my gosh. So what would happen to me is like, I couldn't find one that I felt loyal to, which I feel like you want the loyalty in your Mm -hmm. service provider in general. So it'd be like, I'd go to one. It felt like I was just having a lot of bad boyfriend relationships, Mm -hmm. except the boyfriend was a GYN that was a man or a woman. You know, it was like, well, I guess I'll go on a couple of these dates until you start getting really weird about this medicine that you're saying I must take when Mm -hmm. I really must not take it. And there are other ways this can be done. So then I leave you and I like find a new person until you start getting weird, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Because you're looking for that bedside manner of me saying like, I think I think the story you told about the midwife you work with. Like, I am definitely more of that temperament of like, you know, well, I, I guess as I'm getting older, I'm losing that. <laughs> Good. I'm losing the nice. I mean, I'm being nice to people, but I'm losing the nice girl who feels like she can't say, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. This is not what I want. Why are you doing this? You know, like I, I must not have grown up that way. I don't know. It's very Southern. It's very mm-hmm. Southern way, Southern bill, a Southern girl way of being to be like, well, you know, I, I should trust what you're saying. And you're walking, you and I talk about this all the time. You're walking into a doctor's office. And I realize over time that a lot of my visions about life are from sitcoms. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm in this doctor's office, just like so-and-so was on the sitcom. Mm -hmm. You see the white coat, you know, you just assume, you assume the authority Based on the white coat, you're like, right. well, this person's a gynecologist. They see vaginas every day. They've seen a lot of vaginas. You know, I should totally trust what they say. And on a level, there are a lot of doctors you can't trust what they say because mm-hmm. they have studied up on this and they've done the schooling and they've done the yeah. work. They have the knowledge, right? But you know more about your own vagina That's right. than, than the doctor knows about your vagina. Mm-hmm. And that is where you are the subject matter expert. <laughs> You know, so the best case scenario is that that relationship becomes this this good merger of like, Mm -hmm. here's this doctor who knows a lot about uteruses and knows a lot about how the hormones work, knows a lot about how the vagina is set up. You know, they've done the knowledge, Mm -hmm. but they accept that you have done the knowledge of having lived blah, blah, blah amount of years. For me, that's 36 years I've been alive with this same vagina. (laughs) Like. Should I not? That is a loyal vagina to stick no, with you. Listen for that long. for thirty six years and not walk away. Right, still stay going. with me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Let's talk about eye doctors. Okay, <laughs> I feel like my eye doctor experience. <laughs> and maybe I should go see an OB, and then I'd be like, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> You're trying to tell me. Yeah. Uterus? Mm. You don't it's, know. No, it's tricky. It's a very tricky thing. Because that's mm-hmm. basically what I tell the dentist and the eye doctor. 
I kind of like for curiosity's sake now want you to make an appointment with an OB, even if you don't need one. I just want well, you I to make remember, one. I did remember I did have one like eight years ago. Early in my pregnancy, I had some bleeding and we didn't know what it was. And so my midwife was like, I think you need to go for an ultrasound. But the state that I was living in, um, practicing midwifery was illegal. So oh. I could not like go to the hospital and be like, my midwife sent me here because then they go arrest her. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of complicated. I had to like call up an OB and be like, I'm pregnant. I haven't seen anybody yet. Like I hadn't been getting prenatal care, which was fine because it was early in the pregnancy. So they wouldn't have looked at that weird. And then um, lie on the form about where my babies had <laughs> all been born. And then they're, they always want to know, like, when was your last pap smear and I'm like when I was 16 and y'all put me on birth control pills that ruined my body oh. that's the last time I mm. came to you so um I so I went I got the ultrasound baby's fine and then the nurse they took me in a different room and they brought me like a gown to put on for my exam and I said okay the nurse walks out. I put the gown on the countertop and sat down with my britches on. <laughs> I tell people this all the time. If you don't want someone's fingers inside your vagina, mm. don't take your mm. pants off. It is well, really not complicated. Well. Because they're not going to take your pants off of you. <laughs> they're not going to do that. So when the doctor came in and I'm still sitting there fully clothed, she's like, what's going on? I'm like, well, you're not squeezing my boobs and you're not going up inside of my vagina. My clothes are on. I've gotten what I need. And now I'm leaving. And they were like, we want you to go to the lab first. And I said, okay. And then I went the opposite direction and went home. I didn't want to go to labs. You also are not taking my blood. And then I sat at home and waited for them to call and be like, where'd you go? No one ever called me. Wow. I never went back. They don't know how my pregnancy turned out. Wow. They didn't care. Did they? Did you have to do like the copay exchange at the beginning, or no? Because we don't have a copay with our oh, with your insurance. So free, you were able to just care. like, well, nice. I do, and then I choose to pay for it out of pocket for a midwife. Isn't that weird? Well, you gotta do what you gotta do there. Yeah. So the eye doctor is is very similar to all of these things, mm-hmm. and and I go and I you know I go willingly because I don't have good eyes. And, like, there's eye problems that run in my family for the females, so it's really important that I stay on top of this. Right. And uh, so I go, and they blow things in my eyeballs. They, like, do a puff of air and are like, don't blink. Like, you're blowing. (laughs) I'm, like, holding my eyeball open up to this machine, (laughs) and I know that any second now you're going to puff air Uh, in it. Do you know how aggravating that is? So aggravating. I've been doing this since fourth grade. I've gotten really good at it. You could blast me in my eyeball. I wouldn't blink. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. Don't yes. blink. So then they want to talk about my contacts. And there's a lot of changeover with eye doctors. So That's while true. I might keep going to the same place, it is always a different eye doctor. That it's is true. There me. is turnover. I don't know why. <sighs> I did when my son scraped his eyeball recently. Mm-hmm. I went to not an optometrist, but an ophthalmologist. An ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist. Yeah. That's what it is. And they seemed very, um, like, like uh, stable. Like, they don't oh. ever change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm wondering if there's this different degree of care I could be getting. Going to the, but mm-hmm. does the ophthalmologist also give the prescriptions for Seem your like glasses? Seems like they had all the same equipment in the room. Wow. Like all, it looked huh. just like the optometrist's office. Only a doctor that like seemed like he really cares about eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, so I think I might try that next year. So anyway, I go yearly. We have this conversation about what brand contacts I use. Am I been using the same brand since like sixth grade? I really like it. Whenever I try to switch brands, my eyes get weird. I can't do fancy solutions. I just need some normal saline solution, wash my eyeballs, you know, that kind of thing. And then they're like, how often do you change your contacts? Now, you are supposed to change your contacts every two weeks. Leading the witness. Mm -hmm. And I can make a pack of contacts, which I think has six in it. Mm -hmm. Is that how yours are? There's six Mm -hmm. in a pack. And my eyes are the same prescription. Oh, mine too. Okay. So I only buy one box. So technically it's three pairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, About two years. I'm sorry. Back up. Back up, back up for a moment. I wear those. You three are pairs making for those three pairs of contacts. Uh-huh. I no, yes. ma'am. No, yeah. well, absolutely not. That's what not. the eye doctor says. No, <laughs> they no. get really upset when I say that. Mm-mm. And then, um, so this last one was real sassy. Oh, I'm so glad we didn't talk about this because I recently went. She was she was kind of like a little salty towards me when she Uh-oh, first Oh, not the, the salt. Room. I turned it around, though. Okay. She was smiling and laughing by the time she mm. left. And I didn't even bring her a donut. Man, imagine if you had that. I know. Wow. Yeah, so she was a little salty, though. And she's like, um, do you ever get eye infections? Do you get frequent eye infections? And I was like, no. And some, she was like, so when you throw them away, why do you throw them away? And I was like, because I can tell they're, like, getting old and they're uncomfortable on my eyes. And I toss them and I take out a new pair. And she was like, how do you know you're not getting eye infections? At which point I laughed because you're talking about an infection in my eyeball. Like, it might be there and I don't know. <laughs> I've been with these eyes for over 30 years, honey. <laughs> Let me tell you. Over 30 years. They're on my face. They've never run away. It's they hard have to been miss here if you all have this an time. eye infection. Man. You don't have Man. an eye infection and not know well, it. Well, so in my mind, I'm struggling with words to come up to explain this to her. Like, how can I explain to you how I know? And I'm like, I mean, I know. I mean, I know. Like, there, there's not pus coming out of them. They're not red. They don't hurt. They're not itchy. I mean, I I feel like I don't need to go to the doctor to find out if I have an eye infection. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> and that's, she kind of chuckled when I said that. And then we were like old friends. So it was good. But she was like, I would feel a lot better if you insist on doing this, if you change the brand of contacts. So then she put me in this kind that's like breathable and you can sleep in them. Okay. Because they also want to know, do you sleep in your contacts? And Which I'm like, your answer is yes, you do. Hell yes, I do. <laughs> First of all, I don't always know when I'm going to be falling asleep. <laughs> facts. Those are facts. Those are I facts. I might be up 24 hours straight and then sleeping face down in a hospital waiting room on a leather chair. I'm not going to stop and take my contacts out. And then for like 10 years, I had a newborn. Well, I'm not going to be fiddling for my glasses in the middle of the night when I'm trying to breastfeed a child and they're slipping down my nose. 
I'm asleep in my contacts and I can see when I wake up. You know, actually, now now that you're explaining that, I mean, it, it does make sense. I am still not a proponent of you just giving those three pairs <laughs> two years, girl. I'm not a proponent of that. I also but... take long breaks and wear my glasses for long periods of time. In between there, okay. And But then she got me with that, too, because she was like... So you throw them away and then wear your glasses for a while. I was like, no, I put them in the storage case and wear my glasses. And then I put them back on. (laughs) She's like, so how long do you keep them in the storage case? I'm like, however long I'm wearing my glasses for. Depends on how much I like my glasses. If I'm working out a lot or if it's hot outside, I'm going to be wearing my contacts more. So, Yeah. It's just them trying to tell me about my eyeballs and then me telling them about my eyeballs. Mm. And and you telling them what the protocol yes. is going to be mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not, I'm not going your way. Right. You may come up with solutions mm-hmm. yeah. to help basically, both of us go my way. But right. like, I'm not going your way is basically mm-hmm. the conversation. Which in some ways I, I admire. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like as I'm getting older, I'm getting more of that ability to be like, you know, I feel like it's like a nice... You know, pat on the knee like, hey, hey, you're still talking. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. There's a way you're saying, and I'm not doing that. Mm-mm. I'm not going to ever do that. But I'm going to do this. So if you have a way for me to do this, mm-hmm. then, like, we can work together. Yeah. But the rest of the stuff you're saying, I'm listening, and I'm not going to do any of it at all. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we had this time together. Puts purse on shoulder and, like, walks out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Basically. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let us talk about awkward appointment etiquette as it relates to cosmetic appointments. Um, Let's just start with nails. <laughs> just start there. I, I, I have a few, like, misgivings about the nail situation. Okay, I don't like my cuticles bothered on my hands. I think that's a smart call. Because I when my not. cuticles get bothered, they stay bothered for a long time. I, I want my cuticles unbothered. Mm-hmm. And so when they typically go in, when you're seeing a professional and they go in and they do the trim around, basically what happens to me is I end up with like a halo of hangnails around there because my skin just hates that. So I feel like I spend most of my manicure time going, no, I, I, don't, I don't want that cuticle thing. I just want them pushed back. No, I... I just want them trim. I just, I just want the, I just want the, mm-hmm. and after a while I'm like, girl, you just want to do your nails yourself because you are saying too many things about, mm-hmm. so then I just never, I never get the manicure done. The other thing is I wash my hands a lot. So I feel like I'm not getting my money's worth out of the manicure because I go there and I'm like, look at this pretty color. That's going to last me like two or three days and mm-hmm. then it'll be chipped. And then, then I now have that option of like either I'm going to be the woman that's at the meeting with my briefcase. Mm-hmm. Your briefcase. <laughs> I'm at my appointments with my briefcase yes. and I reach out to grab my pen and the person I'm at the appointment with is like, do you care about this appointment? Right. Do you care about the business you're doing? Mm-hmm. Cause you don't care enough about yourself to remove this jagged nail yes. polish. It's I like have some tips for this. Okay, please. I have tips for this. Okay. I don't like getting the manicure because I feel like there's always chips. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can make it last longer. Sally Hansen has hard as nails top mm-hmm. coat. Mm-hmm. And it makes almost anything last. Okay. So I do my own top coat when I get home. If I do get a manicure. Okay. 
I'll get, I'll do that and it'll last a little bit longer. But because I like to paint my nails, I like to change the color every week. Okay. If I am having a week where I cannot maintain my nails, I don't paint them. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm gardening a lot that week, I'm not going to paint no my paint. nails. Mm-hmm. So, or I'm going to be too busy to touch them up, I'm not going to paint mm-hmm. them. You have to plan for this because you don't want to be that person. Yeah. With the chippy nails. Because you're going to be judged. Yeah. They're not going to say anything, but they're going to judge you. It's right. like you're at a job interview. They're looking at you like, can you really do the job? Mm-hmm. I mean. You can't even paint your nails. Weird. Keep them painted. Man. It's. Oh. Yeah. So Sally Hansen also makes Salon Complete Nail Polish. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. And they're fantastic shades. There is nothing tacky in the whole line. Mm -hmm. You can't go wrong with any of them. And it's also not like that weird mauve color that women want to get. Stop doing the mauve color. I'm not really here for the mauve. Stop doing that. Un- Acceptable. Acceptable. Get some lime green. Yeah. I'm I'm some here for teal. bright bright colors only, basically. It's kind mm-hmm. of where I live my life. Yeah. And if you go for a lighter color, you can ride out the tiny chips a little bit longer. That's like right true. Right now, this color I have is Pat on the Black. Pat on the Black is what it's mm. called. It's like a dark, 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 dark purple red. Almost black. And every tiny little chip shows up. So I've been touching on my nails. But if you put the Sally Hansen hard as nails on top, it'll ride you out between four to six days. Okay, I'm glad you shared this because that gives me a little hope. Yeah. And then I might have like Fridays or kind of like my chipped nail days Mm -hmm. because I do it on Saturday nights. Oh. So Friday, usually by Friday, I'm starting to have some chips, but I don't do a lot of like really super official stuff on Fridays. Mm -hmm. So it's okay for me. It's all good. It's not like halfway down my nail. I'm talking about like a tiny like little Like a chip. small chip. You gotta which is examine different. it to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I can take the polish off Friday night, let my nails breathe on Saturday. Saturday is also my cleaning day. So then it's all good. Mm-hmm. You're doing your cleaning stuff. Yes. You're not worried about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Paint them Saturday night, fresh for church on Sunday and for the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. I might have to touch up on Wednesday or Thursday to get me to Friday. Right. That's my nail game. You know what? I'm really glad you described that because that kind of does help me because I just, I just give up. I'm just mm-hmm. like, if I, and then that's the trouble with when you go to get your nails done professionally, if they have this like awesome orange or whatever, mm-hmm. when you don't have that orange at home, then it's yeah. like, you're really left without a lot of options right. on how to maintain your scenario. Also glitter, a glitter Important. top coat. Will get you far. Important facts. Because I feel like... That stuff is hard to get off. I feel like chipped nail polish is going to get judged the mm-hmm. same way men who have hair growing out of their ears gets judged. Mm-hmm. I should have saved that for my someone needs a donut because I was meeting with a young lady who I'd been really, really wanting us to like have coffee and just talk about work and the different... like She works with a nonprofit, so I wanted to hear about that from her. And so we were just like at this tea place, but like totally clued in talking to each other, you know? And this man walks by who sells, he sells insurance, but I can't tell if it's like all state state farm insurance or if it's the kind of insurance that is actually a pyramid scheme Mm. type of insurance. Mm -hmm. So he sort of stops and like talks to us because we're kind of near where you go to put the sugar in your tea and whatever. So, you know, a little chit chat's fine. 
But then when I start feeling like the cell is coming from you, like you're right. trying to find the angle there, you know, I'm just already like, we've already said out loud to him, like, he's like, oh, are you guys sisters, are you family? And I'm like, oh no, we're not family, but we've really been waiting a long time to like finally sit down today. So we're mm-hmm. really excited, which is my social cue way of saying back. We don't have time for this. Back, back. Yeah. Back, back. Like go find the table with the person that you're here to meet. Right. You can't be a part of our table. You can't sit with us. Then he turns to the side. You can't sit here. He turns to the side and he's got like what looks like the forest. Like he's in a suit with a briefcase. Oh, man. Going to an appointment. But he's got like a little like the beginnings of a forest. Mm. I don't know what the technical term is for the beginnings of a forest, but he's got the beginning of it like slowly saplings there's saplings coming out of his ears (laughs) and i had this conversation with matt when we first got married that i'm like i'm i'm not only am i your wife but i'm your friend and i'm not gonna let this happen to you like i'm not gonna let you become a man who has hair growing out of his ears no i'm not here for that here for that because immediately when i see that i'm like whatever this conversation is whatever you're selling i don't want it because you're not paying enough attention to yourself. You have this wonderful suit on. Mm-hmm. You've got your briefcase, probably with your calculator in it or whatever, your stapler stuff, you know. But you've got hair in your ears. Right. Like, can I trust you mm-hmm. with my insurance? And I feel like chip nails make me feel the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm at the meeting, they're like, I mean, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Take care of these ears. It doesn't take long to trim your ear hair or take your nail polish off. There are tools yeah. for both things yeah. that are just a quick little. And and like you said, I get to the point where like normally what I do when my nails get chipped, I get so annoyed by it. I just take it all off. And then I'm like, OK, I'm fine. I go somewhere. I'm fine. I also start to feel the same way if my nails like my my nail beds are long. So my nails grow long. Well, then normally what happens is I might have like two nails real long and then the other two like broke off. That's also weird. Mm, Yeah. It's like I got to even up now because then that's looking weird. It's like then I put my claw on the table. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) At the meeting and the person across from me is like, what's about to happen? Why is your pointer (laughs) fingernail like. Slicing up some cocaine. (laughs) Yes. What are you doing with your life? You know, why are these uneven? If they're all going to be long, be long. If they're all going to be short, be short. Don't do this like uneven thing. That's weird. Okay. I need to talk about, I'm going to talk about eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Eyebrow service providers. Okay. I used to, my first initial, first of all, my actual eyebrows, if I did not do anything cosmetically to them, they look like caterpillars. They look like the black, thick caterpillar that mm. turns into the butterfly. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't mm. know what the species is, but I lived someplace where they were. And that's basically what my eyebrows look like if I just left them, let them grow like that, which is not my preference. Mm-hmm. So as I got older, I was like, I'm going to try the waxing thing. And waxing is a weird experience. It's like, it's it's akin to me a little bit to when I used to have my hair pressed as a little girl. It's like the end results when like the old lady who pressed your hair, when she'd turn your chair around and you'd see your hair like all straight and on your, you know, shoulders or whatever. You thought it was like amazing. But the actual process of someone taking a steel or iron 
comb mm-hmm. that they put into an oven and they were going to take Ooh. that hot mm-hmm. iron comb and start where you're, you, you have skin right there. Mm-hmm. You have ner- like nerve endings right there. They're just going to start right there that they did that to your whole head. Like the fact that I made it through that process is like, was that worth it? Right. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And waxing my eyebrows is sort of that similar experience. Just going into the foray of waxing is like the end results of my face feeling more open because my eyebrows are done is like worth it. But the hard part about waxing is it seems like it's going to be soothing at first. Yes, it is. It's nice and warm. The wax, they put mm-hmm. it on, they have like a nice little cottony strip. It's like a combination between cotton and a paper towel, but mm-hmm. you know, yep. and they put it on there and they rub it real nice and they're having nice soothing conversation mm-hmm. with you. And then they're like, bam, yo, you feel like your life is about to end mm-hmm. over a very small patch of hair on your eyebrows. So then I transitioned. Oh, I did have one time that I went to a lady because some of some eyebrows turn into a thing where like you can't just go to anybody. Mm-mm. You can't just walk into a place and be like, I would like my eyebrows done because you have no way of knowing what's happening. So I found myself like only going to someone that several people had been to before. Mm-hmm. So then it didn't matter what side of town I lived on. I was driving 30 minutes just to get to this one lady. So things were going good with her until she waxed my eyebrows one day and some skin came off (gasps) of it. And I think it looked worse than it hurt. Like it didn't hurt that bad. Mm -hmm. But when she turned me around to the mirror, I was like, (gasps) and I think she felt horrible. So she's, putting some sort of, again, no questions asked here from me. Mm -hmm. She's like putting some sort of oil, something on there to heal it. I had a date that night. I was just like, what am I going to do to this? What am I going to do? So then I was like, I'm not going to get waxing anymore. So then I go to do the threading. Oh, I've never done that. Threading is actually a more pleasant experience to me than waxing. If the person really knows what they're doing. But here's where cosmetic service providers get tricky. Because I go to the same eyebrow place. I've been going there for six years now. I'm very loyal to that place. But I'm not always loyal to one person because there's turnover. Sometimes you go in there and like your person you were seeing is not there anymore. And then sometimes you go in there and depending on what time it is or how much time I have, I might really want to see this person, but I can't wait and see her because I got to go. But it's tricky because there are levels of skill inside of the practitioners there, but only they know who's whack and who's not. So I've had this happen a couple of times where I went there, I'm seeing whoever I see. Then I might go in and there's only one young lady there. She does my eyebrows and she'll ask me, see, this is again, question method, leading the witness. Mm -hmm. She's like, who does your eyebrows? Do you go to the same person? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Last time I was in here... I think it was so-and-so, or if I can't remember or didn't know the lady's name, she'll say, you know, well, what does she look like? And I'll tell her. And then it's like silence. So when the silence happens, I know that I saw the whack person, that I've been seeing the oh. whack person the last three times. But she can't sell out 
the lady mm-hmm. that's doing the whack job. Because mm-hmm. sometimes the lady doing the whack job has to get the experience so she can get better. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that lady is like 60 years old and she's never right. going to get better. Mm-hmm. She's just bad at it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she gets quiet and she's like, next time you come, you should come to me because you're going to need to grow this out in order for me to shape it properly, which was her nice way of saying, I'm making up a name because this is not really the girl's name, but it's her nice way of saying Rashida doesn't know what she's doing. Like Rashida really wants to know what she's doing, but she doesn't really know. And she's acting like she knows what she's doing. She doesn't. So if you want to look right, don't go to Rashida next time you come in here. Like ask for me to do it because Rashida doesn't know. I've had this experience at several different service providers where there's the one or two people there who can Mm -hmm. assess the skill Mm -hmm. level of the other people there and just tell you, don't do that unless you want an experiment on your face. Right. No. (laughs) The only eyebrow waxing experience I've had has been, which we need to back up to this anyways, at the nail salon. Yes. They upsell you on the eyebrows. They do upsell. And sometimes I have been upsold on chin and lip as well. Yes. Which I feel slightly offended when they offer me that. Yes. Like, have you been sitting here thinking that my chin and my lip is hairy? Yes. Because I came in here for a pedicure. (laughs) Yes. And I wear a lot of skirts and dresses and... It doesn't matter how long it is. They are going to put a towel over your lap. Facts you on facts. on a dress. Facts on facts. Which I haven't quite figured out because it is like wearing a skirt. The towel is just like the skirt I have on. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. If It's like extremely offensive. But you need to go and check out Angela Johnson. Yes. It's A-N-J. Mm-hmm. Angela mm-hmm. Johnson. She has a real... She's a comedian. She's a female comedian. I, I love her. She's amazing. Yes. And she has a great sketch on the nail salon mm-hmm. that she does. And you need to go check that you out. You need to check it out. I hope it's on YouTube, but I watched I'm, her on Netflix. Oh, yes. I watched her on Netflix, too. Mm-hmm. So we'll have yeah. to check that out to see if we can uh, give y'all yeah, we'll provide the link on the this. Link but that. So sometimes the person that's doing my toenails is doing a great job on my toenails, but her eyebrows are like drawn on. And now she is offering to wax my eyebrows. And I am inclined to say no mm-hmm. because I'm not sure what she means. But some of the best eyebrow waxing I've gotten was from a specific person mm-hmm. at a nail salon that one time I was like, okay, yeah, let's see what you got. And she, it was really great. And I kept going back. But the very best I had was my neighbor was a cosmetologist. Oh. And she would cut my hair and stuff at her house and wax my eyebrows. Nice. Yeah, it was really nice. That's almost like college dorm convenient. Mm-hmm. I remember having that in the dorm, that sense of like, I'm about to go home or go wherever and I need my hair done, my eyebrows, whatever. And there was always somebody mm-hmm. there that like did the stuff. And, and I could... think we could do it. You just need the little crock pot. You can go in Sally's. <laughs> they got the little crock pot and the wax and the strips. And I nah. feel like maybe this is something that we could learn. Nah. And service one another Mm-mm. on. I, I am telling you, <laughs> Jean Brown raised me and my sister to go to professionals for these items. <laughs> I shampoo my hair. I uh-huh. condition my hair. Every now and then, I might tweeze an eyebrow mm-hmm. just to clean tweezing. it up. I mm-hmm. might do that. But other than when there are starting to be chemicals or warmth, 
mm-hmm. involved or scissors involved, mm-hmm. I give up and go to those people because we don't have, maybe because my mom was like, you know, I know my limitations. And see, my yeah. mom was a single mama. So I think my mom was having some of the thoughts like you were saying about your your kids and the brushing teeth. My mom was like, listen, <laughs> like I am working to mm-hmm. keep this house afloat. What I'm not going to do is have to come home and do these perms. Mm-hmm. So somebody else going to do right. that. And they going to tell you how to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And you going to learn how to do that yourself because I can't run this house and pay for clothes on your back and make sure there's food on the table and no, not ma'am. be crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I got to make some choices if I'm going, you know, try to be a mama with some sanity. No. Do we want to talk about other kinds of waxing? I think that we do need to discuss that. I do want to talk about bikini waxing. So I don't know if I read this quote. I think I read this quote somewhere that Kim Kardashian said she doesn't believe that women should have hair anywhere. Oh, no. Like, like not on your head, but like anywhere else outside of your head Mm -hmm. and your eyebrows. Everything else that's weird should be waxed completely. So, I mean, I'm not one to follow her advice, mm-hmm. but I will say, before I got married, I kind of felt like <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> well, when I married my husband, <laughs> I I was I was I was what they call a first timer. <laughs> I was a virgin when I married my husband. Me too. So I had not had any any visitors to the house of Amina. <laughs> <laughs> no there, vaginal visitors? There had been no visitors to the house of Amina. So I had no reason to... When, when you don't have visitors at your house, you have no reason to landscape. <laughs> because it's not important for someone... To get to the driveway safely right. or to be able to make it through the front yard or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter because you're inside. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. You're, there's no visitors. You don't really need to do this. But because, you know, I was about to have not only a visitor, but a permanent resident <laughs> to the house of Amina, I felt like I should maybe go and do some landscaping and and because there had not been a visitor to the house of Amina because not only that but Amina doesn't swim and frolic at the beach so I wasn't even like landscaping for the purpose of you know wearing swimsuits or whatever I I just weird about wearing a swimsuit that could expose any lack of landscaping anyway because Mm -hmm. I feel like that's too much into the underwear category (laughs) see Matt and I were just talking about this recently because some of our neighbors were talking about you know making appointments or schedule speaking of appointments making uh, appointments with each other to go to the local pool that's close to us and the pool has a rule that you cannot wear cotton inside the pool now I think this rule originated from trying to encourage people to not just be like walking by the pool on a really hot day in their regular clothes and be like, I'm going in the pool. I'm jumping in with my regular whatever on. Mm. But that took me back to my youth group experience. 
And when I was growing up in church, the only pool parties I'd ever been to, they were church mm-hmm. functions. Right. They were, if we were at some retreat center or at something, some hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, or I think we had a, there was a water park in San Antonio, Schlitterbahn, shout out to my San Antonio people. And so you might have a youth group outing where everybody went to the water park. Mm-hmm. But the rule was, which now I look back on and think, that ain't right. But the rule that I remember was the girls had to wear shirts yeah. over their bathing suits. You mm-hmm. were encouraged, first of all, to be wearing a one piece. Mm-hmm. But of course, there were some girls who went to the beach with their families and it was totally normal and completely non-sexual to them to be wearing a bikini at the beach with their mom right. and dad mm-hmm. and their siblings and their cousins, whatever. I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up like that at all. So one piece and you were supposed to wear a big T-shirt over it at the pool. So I see these rules <laughs> that our neighbors are discussing online. I'm like, then I would not be able to wear my youth group attire yeah. <laughs> to mm-hmm. this, you know? I think I actually only went to my first pool party that wasn't a church function. And I was in my late 20s. Wow. Like, mm-hmm. and I remember being there and being like, People don't have any clothes on. <laughs> like people are out here in their bikinis playing water games. And, yeah. you know, girls were getting piggyback. Like my whole stuff was messed up just because I didn't right. have like a frame of reference. And even in our youth group rules, I don't remember the shirt being required of the boys. Mm. I don't remember that. Maybe it was. And I just don't remember because it was a long time ago. But I don't remember that being a requirement of the boys. So I never had any reason to be worried about my landscaping there because the times I did perchance put my feet in the pool, it wasn't like I was out there, you know, Mm -hmm. with my bikini on, whatever. So here I am, you know, I've done the research on what to do if I'm going to landscape the house of Amina Mm -hmm. before Matt and I get married. So there's all this process. You are enlightening me because uh, <laughs> okay, this is all territory this, I've never, never ventured, never, never ventured, ventured into. into. Okay, this I am like it's dangerous. <laughs> if you make it hey, to the house of Missy, then listen, then you are the man for me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you better be a manly man. Come on. So I actually tried out three methods of landscaping. <laughs> okay. Prior to our <laughs> wedding, I tried a nair situation. Oh, I tried that on my legs one time, which went all right. It went all right, you know, because you're kind of done in one fell swoop. You know, I, I enjoyed that part. But the trouble was when you're when you're doing the kind of this kind of landscaping and you don't do hair removal in that area often, when it grows back, it's like your skin is mad about it. Your skin is like, I am irritated because I'm not used Mm -hmm. to growing back here. Mm -hmm. I'm used to just chilling, existing. So I did some research (laughs) on how to ease this process. So what it was saying is before you do this landscaping, you should exfoliate you should use like a sugar scrub just on the thighs Mm, right here, close to the bikini area and on what would be like 
where, what is this? Your pubic mound? What is this? I think that's the technical name for this. The symphysis <laughs> pubis. That is the absolute technical name. You put, you exfoliate, right? You use a sugar scrub, a very natural sugar scrub. Rinse. Mm-hmm. Then you use a Neutrogena, like a, it's like a body wash, but it has a small amount of salicylic acid. Okay. That you would loves their salicylic acid. Yeah. That you would use for acne. Mm -hmm. So if you use that after you've done the hair removal, it keeps your skin from being so irritated Mm. and getting bumpy. Good to know. Okay. Okay. So I started doing this in preparation, but after I did the Nair, I was like, see, the trouble with Nair is in the house of Amina, you can only use the Nair so far away from your home. Mm-hmm. Right <laughs> before it's not going to go well because one does not want such chemicals mm-hmm. so close to the front door right. of yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So then I decide, all right, I'm going to go and do this waxing. And I did the research to find out how long the House of Amina was going to need to recover. Right. <laughs> so that I did not do this too close to the wedding date and then be out of commission. Like, well, no one can, no one can be around here for another 48 hours. Mm -hmm. So I time it out. All right. And I decide I'm going to go to a spa place. So I went to a spa to set up this appointment. And let me just tell y'all when you get your eyebrows waxed, it's unpleasant, but you're getting that pain one maybe two times because your eyebrows are small, you know, right. They're going to get on there. They're going to put a little more wax. The rest of it's like scissors and tweezing. Yeah. You also don't have a lot of like sensory things on your face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you, you do Mm -hmm. in your house. Yeah. Outside your home and inside your home. your home. So I go to do this waxing and I am just like, I will never do this again. Like as soon as I left there, I was like, I will never do this again because instead of having that happen to you twice when you're getting your eyebrows done, Mm -hmm. you're having that pain 10 to 15, could be 20 times, depending on how thorough of landscaping you're trying to accomplish that day. Wow. It was painful. And it still doesn't really last it doesn't last that much longer than if you were to do Nair or something else less painful. So I decided that day I am doing this because, you know, I've waited 31 years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to have myself a good time. Mm -hmm. I figured, you know, Mm -hmm. this is going to be, you know, great thing. I'm going to do this stuff. So I did it. But I decided I would never do that again. And it's also interesting because I remember there being a scene about this on Sex in the City mm-hmm. where there was a place that all four women, if I remember this right, I totally could be making that up. But I think there was a place all four women went to get bikini waxed. And there are these awkward conversations that you're having with the person because they're talking with you the same way oh, that no. oh, the no. person that does your eyebrows mm-hmm. or the person that does your hair would talk with you. Mm-hmm while they are asking you to put your body in really awkward positions so that they can remove do the stuff. Mm-hmm. There are some places on the body that I decided after that, I'm not one, I was never going to follow 
Kim Kardashian's advice because I believe some places just supposed to have hair and it's okay. Mm-hmm. But in particular for the house of Amina, I'm not doing that waxing. I may landscape sometimes, mm-hmm. but I will take care of it. I'm with you on that. I will not submit myself. The house of Amina doesn't deserve this pain and I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. I did it once. I will not. I would decide it, then I will not do it again. Yeah. I have not done it again since then. And that was that was with not doing what she said, which what she said is no hair at all. I can't even imagine this. I can't even imagine like other parts of your body waxing yeah. all of the mm-hmm. hair. No. Maybe I am just a wild woman for that, but I'm just I'm not here for it. No. Maybe if you do your whole body, it's kind of like, you know, like when you're getting a tattoo, you reach a point in the process where it's not your your body has changed its definition of pain. Mm. I have never had that experience. And it's more like your endorphins start kicking in and stuff. Mm. Maybe that's what happens when you wax your whole body. I don't know. I And I will not know. <laughs> I think that hair serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be managed if you will, if you like it managed. Right. If you don't like, you know, if you want to have a unibrow, have a unibrow. Listen. My eyebrows are like Brooke Shields eyebrows. Which is like a good thing. It is right now, but it hasn't always been a good well, thing. Well. But right now it is because big bushy eyebrows are kind of like in, mm-hmm. which I can't go all the way to there though. Still, like I right. can't do that. It's just outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I can get a little sloppy with it, and no one's going to mind right now. And I like that. I like that about 2016. Yes, there are some pluses to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you know there is a whole thing about dyeing your armpit hair now? Why are people dyeing armpit hair? I thought you were shaving it anyway. They are bleaching it and coloring it pink and purple and blue and orange. It's a thing. Oh, it is a thing. I'm not prepared for this at I'm all. I'm not doing it because I just don't like how it feels to have hair no. under my arms. It just doesn't feel yeah, good to I'm me. Yeah, I'm not here for it. And my hair is so curly that mm-hmm. if I let those hairs get out of hand, it, no. Mm-hmm. I, I, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I prefer, I prefer a clean underarm. Because I'm going to tell you what I don't like. And maybe this is me like watching people too much. I don't like it when I'm out somewhere and I might have let my underarm hair grow a little bit and I lift my arm to demonstrate something. And what do people do? Eyes go right there to your yep. pit. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't understand what their thoughts might be. The thoughts mm-hmm. might be, oh, she's got hair there. Moved on. Listening to you. Right. Or the thoughts might be like, I wonder why she has so much hair there. That's mm-hmm. so weird. It's mm-hmm. summertime. She knew she was wearing yeah. a sleeveless top. Why did she? I don't know. But I don't like that look. I'm it's like the too. look that mm-hmm. like crosses people's eyes. Like, I just saw your underarm hair. And it's like, it's like a bit longer than makes me comfortable. I don't like it when that look crosses people's eyes. Yeah. It makes me feel weird. I'm like, I'd rather feel free. If I decide to lift a hand, you're going to glance, you're right back at my eyes. But Mm -hmm. if there's hair under there, you're going to, you're going to linger. You're going to linger on the pit. And I don't, I don't like it. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. I'm with you on that. Okay. I don't have tattoo experience. But you have tattoo experience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like tattoos and makeup artists, I feel like something there is like in the same 
it's in the same family because it's like you could go somewhere to get your makeup done or go somewhere to get a tattoo. And again, it's also similar to what I described about the eyebrow place. There are people there of a certain skill level mm-hmm. and it depends on the place you go. If it is disclosed to you, their yeah. skill level. Yeah. Right. Right. Is that, has that been yeah. true for your tattoo experience mm-hmm. when you, when you make tattoo appointments? I mean, what is yeah. this? What like. you do is, you know, like, well, recently my husband and I were traveling and uh, we were like, well, it would be fun to get tattoos while we're here. So let's go see what our options are. So we looked up on Yelp first. Come on, Yelp. Let's see what people are saying about this. I also like to check Instagram because you can find out a lot about what's actually happening mm-hmm. on Instagram. And, um, and I follow a lot, like hundreds of tattoo artists. So there's some areas of the country that I know where I'm going to go when I get there. Yeah. But this particular place we were at, there wasn't nothing. So, well, there was there were several places, but not but anywhere not, that we wanted mm-hmm, to go. Mm-hmm. So we decided maybe we'll go. They have, um, like, photo albums at the front, or sometimes it's a bound book. Bonus points for that. Okay. Um, of their work. Oh, okay. So you're bringing me some clarification because we drove by a tattoo place last time we were out of town. And I was like, no, it was here. It was here in Atlanta. But I was like, are there, do tattoo places just have like these, do all of them have these same pictures of the anchor? Some of them do. And and that's not where you want to go. See, that's what I wondered. Mm Because you just said the good tattoo place, the pictures you're looking at are of those tattoo artists' work, Mm -hmm. not random parts with... There are certain things that are uh, traditional tattoos that everybody, you know, is going to have some representation of that on the wall. That would be like your Jesus with a crown of thorns, your Rock of Ages, which is the cross, the stone cross with the woman clinging to it, Mm -hmm. the roses... Certain types of butterflies, dice, mm-hmm. the cupie babies, mm-hmm. that is traditional tattooing. So they might have like some really great, it's called a flash sheet of a really great uh, tattoo artist that maybe isn't living or is just really great. And you can buy those flash sheets and put them on your wall. And if you want to, you can walk in and say, I want that one. Oh. And so they're going to have flash up, but there's good flash. And there's bad flash. Mm. And I mean, like, one of these places we walked in was like, did my seven-year-old draw that flash for you? Do not want because to. that's what it looks like. And if they put that up on their wall as like a, we think you should get this tattooed on your body, that's how you know to turn around and walk out. Mm-mm. And they, so they all have flash. They all have like work that's not theirs. That's on the wall that you can get ideas from or that they're happy to reproduce for you. Um, But then they also have like an album of their own, you know, like a portfolio. Oh, I gotcha. Where you can see the work that they've done. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you really want to look at. Sometimes it's online. You can look before you go. But you really want to look at that. And you want to look at cost. If they are charging you $50 for a tattoo, you should not be there. Oh, dear. Because you get what you paid for. Right. And you're getting what you get is something that's going to stay on your body it is forever. Really, really, really permanent. Mm-hmm. And um, so there is some etiquette because I've hung out in the tattoo shops enough 
to hear what they say when you leave. Mm. <laughs> when you walk in. This is important. And ask for certain things. Mm-hmm. Because tattoo artists are not trying to be nice to you. <laughs> they put you in pain for a living. They are not worried about hurting your feelings. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much say what they think. Maybe to your face, but definitely when you walk out. Whoa. So there are some things that people just need to stop doing, and that's like infinity symbols. Wah, you got to stop wah, doing that. Wah. Stop doing it. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Anything that starts turning into birds, you know, like a picture that transitions into birds, <laughs> that's got to stop. You can't do it anymore. You cannot oh, dear. do it. Mm. Unacceptable. You also got to be careful about putting people's names on yourself. You do need to be really careful about that. Like your chil- your children's names were, mm-hmm. you know, grandparents, other family were. Mm-hmm. So what you do is but you walk in there, you tricky. ask how much they charge for things. And there might be a variety of prices in that shop. And, you know, maybe the middle line one. Or the top line one is what you want to go with. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is going to be the apprentice. And I am all about I have let the apprentice tattoo me several mm-hmm. times. They're probably going to need to be touched up a little bit. But not too bad. So, you know, it depends on how you feel. Like, I feel like I'm not going to take this body to heaven with me. Mm-hmm. And anything below the waist is going to be a really fun, colorful tattoo. And the stuff above the waist has to be stuff that, you know, like people are going to look at it and be like, okay, you can you can catch my baby. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. tattoos mm-hmm. can also be chipped fingernails. They can, can be. also be, yes, they can be hair in your ear right. where people are like, oh, you've got that tattoo on your arm. I'm not really sure I want you to catch my baby. Right. It's making me feel like, should I trust you to catch my baby Mm -hmm. when I shouldn't trust you for what you put on your own body? Right. Yeah. So there's a skill level. You want to look for like how bold are their colors? Are the lines thin and shaky in their pictures? You don't go there with that. Mm -hmm. You just don't go. You turn around and you walk out because you got to have some standards for who you're going to let do it. And you know they're good if you present them with a lame idea and they tell you, I will not tattoo that mm-hmm. because it's stupid. Mm-hmm. I thank God for those people. Yeah. And so you come with like a, a general idea of what you want, but you have to give them some artistic liberty because that's how you get the best tattoo. If they really enjoy doing it, because they're artists, really, that's what they are. This is Their medium is just skin mm-hmm. and ink. Mm-hmm. So you have to have a general idea and then let them do their thing and be okay with that. See, I'm just now lear- learning this between hearing your tattoo journey and I've started following City of Ink, which is a fantastic um, tattoo artist company slash collective here in Atlanta. And just hearing more, like all I knew about tattoos was like people go in and they're like, I want you to write this scripture on me or I want you to, you know. That's another thing. Less words. (laughs) Less words. Give them the scripture and ask them to interpret it with a drawing. Mm -hmm. In an image. See, you were the first person I ever heard say that because I love words. So that Mm -hmm. would totally have been my temptation Mm -hmm. for my first tattoo to be like, well, I want you to write all these sentences on me. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be full of sentences until I die, whatever, you know. But when you said that, I was like, oh, huh. Like, it is interesting to think about 
you know, like if I were to want to put a tattoo on myself for Matt, instead of it being this big, like Matt and all the graphic <laughs> letters, mm-hmm. I love him, whatever. To try to think of an image that symbolizes like how mm-hmm. I feel about him or, you know, or if I wanted it to be something that had to do with writing or whatever, for it to not turn into this cliche, <laughs> you know, thing for me to not like tattoo myself right now, like W-R-I-T-E. Now. <laughs> no shade on you if you have that tattoo on yourself. Right. It inspires you. It's, you know. Right. But, you know, you made me think about that. Because I know I've been in that situation as an artist where someone has asked me to create something, but the parameters that they gave me were not creative. And so I was left feeling like, wow, this could have been so much better Mm -hmm. if you had come to me and been like, here's the idea I've got. Let's riff off of that and see what comes of it versus you coming to me and being so like controlling there Mm -hmm. and being like, well, this has to be this and it has to sound like this and it has to say this and has to use these words. It's like, by the time you do that, I'm like, this would have been so much better if you would have just let me do the stuff. So I think Mm -hmm. it's also like learning that some of these categories we're talking about are not just people providing a service, that some of these people are artists, Mm -hmm. that tattoo artists is what they're called. Right. Let them be artists or then you just need to go to some if you're not going to let them be artists, then just go to someone to do your, you know, whatever mm-hmm. your cliche idea is. Mm-hmm. But they get the best out of it and you get the best out of it. It sounds like from what you're saying. Yeah. If you approach it. See, it's back to that merger. It's mm-hmm. back to that, like, supposed to be us working together. thing. Yep. And you go and sit quietly. I have taken my favorite tattoo artist donuts. Because on one occasion, because important and priorities. Yeah. Like, I want you to feel really good while you're doing this tattoo. Please have a donut Mm -hmm. first. Someone sometimes a tattoo artist needs a donut. Yeah. Someone needs a donut. Donut. Who knows? They work really long hours, like hunched over. Mm hmm. So, yeah. And the chat etiquette there is uh, you can talk about whatever you want to with them really Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you're gonna say that's gonna ruffle their feathers right they've heard it all i'm Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good time that's a good time hanging out with those guys i I feel you brought up chat etiquette and i feel like especially i feel this way more with cosmetic appointments not as much with doctor's appointments because you're kind of in there you know that's a weird one it's like Mm -hmm. it's like you don't really want to get super chatty in there but i feel like when you're doing a cosmetic appointment there is this it's like it's like a tender dance of chatting you know, because mm-hmm. I kind of wish I would have talked about this in our travel episode, actually, because it made me think it's similar to when you're on a plane next to someone. There's a tender dance of how much conversation to have that says, right. you know, hello, I'm a nice person. I'm not a crazy person. I'm <laughs> going to sit here and be kind to you. But man, I leave people wondering on the plane next to me. I'd like I you to know a little bit before you got here, <laughs> like not talking to you, which you I do several times. But, you know, there's that dance when you're like with a makeup artist or with a tattoo artist or getting your eyebrows done. First of all, I'm always worried about my breath. I'm always thinking about that. Mm. And it's like that moment that I go there that I'm worried about my breath, especially when they're doing like your eyebrows or your hair because your breath's right there. You know, yeah. And we've all had that other opposite experience where somebody was doing your hair and you were like, oh, gosh, like you're going to singe the hair off my or face. Doing your makeup and their hand smells weird. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I never 
please wash your hands with some scented soap. Oh, come before on. You put makeup on come somebody. Come on with the scented soap. Oh, I never thought about that. And I have had some times where the person providing the service started telling me some things that were like too much to me. Right. And then I was kind of like, uh oh, we, you know, we, we've had a <laughs> conversation that I'm not sure I wanted to have with you. I feel like I have the most personal conversations with with the hairstylists that have done my hair over the years. But for some reason, maybe because when you're getting your hair done, you're there for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of similar to how you describe mm-hmm. getting tattoos done. You know, you're there for a while. So it's sort of like everybody starts to relax, you know. So I've had some highly personal conversations with hairstylists yeah, over the years. To. And I've never been like, ooh, I regretted saying that or mm. or even, oh, I felt weird that she said blah, blah, blah to me. It's like it's like they're your friend, but you just don't hang out except for <laughs> yeah. when you're mm-hmm. there to do the stuff, you know. But it is sort of trying to pay attention to the social cues because I have been sometimes, you know, places where you can tell the other person's kind of like, OK, I really want to focus on this, what I'm doing. Right. And I don't want to talk to you about what happened with your dog. Like I'm. I don't want. Mm-hmm. So there is this like tender, like chat chat etiquette I feel is you want it to be known that you know that that they are a person, like you are a person. Yeah. You know, that you are equal, equally important and valuable people. And see how they feel from there. Mm-hmm. That may only take you saying, Hey, how are you? Oh, where are you from? And they may say, Oh, I'm from such and such, you know. Joke, joke, chuckle, chuckle, no more conversation. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. And you want them to do good work. So yeah. you do that. And sometimes that turns into like, I've had some very meaningful, like, you know, but like they were like really important to life conversations mm-hmm. in those moments, you know, which I totally loved. So I feel like chat etiquette, we'll have to get some feedback from other people who work in some of these industries. Yeah. <laughs> I would be interested for us to do a follow up on this to be like, let's talk about what the professionals feel the etiquette should be like when you're getting pedicures. I'm always like, are my feet okay? I feel like I need to make sure I've showered. It's almost like you don't want to walk in mm-hmm. with too much for them to have to be about. Yeah. You want to do a little maintenance. <laughs> yeah, shave your legs. Yes. You know? Yes. You want to do a little maintaining and not walk in like, ah, everything's a mess. Fix me. <laughs> <laughs> Fix all my stuff, you know. <laughs> And I feel like as it relates, I feel like hairstylists are also my most loyal. That's my most loyal, like, mm-hmm. service provider. That's not me. No? I've, I have great discomfort when it comes to getting my hair done. Really? I'm more nervous about that than getting a tattoo. Really? Why? I can walk into my tattoo artist and say, what do you feel like doing today? Mm-hmm. And... You can draw it on my skin in Sharpie and be like, how does that look? And I'll say, great. And then, like, when I was having my panther done, in the middle of it, one of the other guys walks by and jokes and is like, oh, you should do it pink. And I was like, maybe we should do it pink. And we talked about it for a while. Well, would that be a joke tattoo? Would it be a joke tattoo if my Mm. panther was pink? Right. And then we talked about how he could do it, like, pink shades without Mm -hmm. it looking, like, you know, stupid. And so then I wound up with a pink panther on mm-hmm. my leg. Mm-hmm. Didn't wake up that morning planning to do that. Right. It's there forever. I'm totally okay with it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And people are like, 
you know, like they want tattoos to have meaning. They're like, why did you get that panther on your leg? I'm like, because I walked in and I said, do you want to do an owl with a skull or do you want to do a panther? And he said he was feeling the panther. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, how about you put a rose with it? And then we decided to make it pink. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a panther on my leg. But my hair, I can't just walk in and be like, just cut it however you think. Oh, gosh. I cannot do that. Mm-mm. And I can't, like, I'm so nervous the whole time it's being done. I'm scared I'm not going to like it. I just, like, it's real. It's a lot of anxiety Stress. for me to go pay somebody to do my hair, which is why I wind up with it, like, down to my waist. <laughs> and I dye it myself. Because <laughs> I really just like it better when I do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this is me about about manicures. This is exactly me right mm-hmm. here. Like I just feel better when I do my own hands. I don't want, but hair. I have always been in, in need of a professional in some regard. Mm. <laughs> when I was younger, I was getting my hair pressed. My mom was like, "I'm not." I think she did. She tried to press my hair one time, and she was like, "I'm not doing this anymore. This mm-hmm. is how somebody else can do this." And then when I was getting my hair straightened with a perm, I was like professionals must do this because I can't be like burning things and well nervous. And then when I went natural, because I had been straight hair for 20 years, I was like, somebody needs to show me mm-hmm. <laughs> what to do right to this hair. But I will say it does take a while to get to a stylist that is also an artist mm-hmm. because some stylists are not like that. Like some hairstylists are not like that. It's like, I need to walk in and be like, I would like a perm. I want to trim and that's it, you know, and I would like you to curl this and I'm leaving. Or I walk in and be like, I need it to look exactly like what this picture looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's it. But my hairstylist that does my natural hair, she, she is an artist. So I have more of the tattoo experience with her Mm. where I could go to her and be like, I don't know, I'm kind of feeling like this. And she'll be like, I know she'll mix up the color. Mm. She'll cut it. She'll do the yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what I need to find. You know? But it takes you, it's almost like it takes you a couple of, it's like some trust factor there of having to go and sort of see, because some people you can't let them loose, you know? Like I had a stylist that I would be like, I got to that point with him where I was like, just do whatever you want. And then I started getting home and being like, what is this? Mm. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my haircut like, you. I think you just, chopped a random piece right here that doesn't mm-hmm. really make any sense. Mm-hmm. So now I can't let you just do the stuff right. like you used to. Mm-hmm. And then with color, it's like the same thing. It's like, I I would rather be with a stylist that is an artist because then that's less stress for me. I'm like, you're the stylist, like how you were saying about the dentist. I'm like, you're the stylist. You, you're looking at my face. You're looking at my skin tone. Right, you should know. Tell me the color that's mm-hmm. like gonna look good on me. Yeah. You know, tell me, maybe tell me like some stuff that's trending or then I'm kind of like, everybody's dyeing their hair red now. I don't want to dye my hair red now. I want something else different. Mm-hmm. So like now I have like a two-tone color and that was her idea. She was like, I know, I have an idea. And she described to me, this is what I think. And I was like, yes, do that. Yes. But she's been doing my hair for seven years. I would not walk into her chair now and feel free mm-hmm. that way. Right. So I do feel like it takes time to build that sense of loyalty where you're like, okay, I will let somebody else touch my hair now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a hard time finding that with my hair. And some of it is like, some of it I find, like you said about the tattoos is in the money. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes that dope cut 
It's like, I'm going to have to lay down that money because I'm not going to walk into like, I was yeah. about to say a brand name, but I'm not going <laughs> to walk into like a national chain of salons necessarily right. mm-hmm. and get that bomb cut that people are going to be like, oh, who did this? Right. And it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it like styles itself. Like you wake up and go, run yeah. your fingers through your hair, it right. styles itself. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to like lay the money down for that versus going That's on true. Groupon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Or some other coupon situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So it feels like that's a part of it. I feel like we have discussed our appointment etiquette pretty good. Yeah. We've I hope that places. you feel informed, listeners. I hope that you um, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. I hope you did. <laughs> well, as we always end our time together with donut phrases, I want to say... I think one thing that you said that I think is important to remember is don't forget that you are in charge of your body. That's right. You know, you're in charge of your body. Don't forget to say it out loud mm-hmm. if something's happening and you're not with it. You don't think it's a good idea or you want to know why such and such is about yeah. to be done. If you're going to an appointment, whether that's a doctor or even like another type of cosmetic service mm-hmm. provider. Do not feel bad about asking questions. It's your body. Take your pants off if you don't want to. Huh, please. Please. That applies to all life situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Donut do it. Mm -hmm. Donut tip badly. Oh, we did not talk about that, but it's so important. Tip well. Google it before you go if you don't know. Google. Yes. What do you tip for? XYZ. I feel like you should be in a 10 to 20% range. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You should be in a 10 to 20% range. Mm-hmm. Do not tip badly. Especially if you plan on going back. Oh my gosh. Please. And if you want good service when you go back. Mm-hmm. Important facts. Um, donut feel like you have to remove all your hair mm-hmm. on your body. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't feel like you have to do that. Just do... Do what makes you feel comfortable, then just stay in your zone. That's it. If you like to have all your hair removed, work. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, just don't feel that pressure. Mm-mm. Anything else? No. Well, we enjoyed being with you all. Thank you for being here for episode four of Here for the Donuts. And today we We're stayed for the, for the cupcakes. cupcakes. We'll see you soon. by DJ Oak Diggy and recorded at Orange Buzz Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Shouty. <laughs>